If you're like me, you love and miss that golden era of Christian music. From the Jesus music of the 70s, the monster vocalists of the 80s, and the creativity and risk-taking of the 90s and early 2000s. I'm Andy Chrisman, and for the past four decades, I was privileged to be smack dab in the middle of this crazy and beautiful thing that we call CCM. As a member of the group for him, I got to know so many great people with even greater stories. And I don't want to keep these stories to myself. That's why I created One Degree of Andy, so you can join me as I reminisce with my friends and colleagues. My hope is that as you experience these conversations, you'll go back and listen to that golden era of music and fall in love all over again, just like I have. This is the One Degree of Andy podcast. I would consider Shonda Pierce to be the first lady of Christian comedy. I got to know her when I toured with Shonda back in the early 2000s when she and For Him did a Cobill tour together, and she has been one of my favorite people ever since. You'll see why when we get into our conversation. So get ready for a lot of laughs and some amazing stories over the next hour. As always, before we get started, I want to encourage you to become a premium subscriber. And all that means is that by financially supporting the podcast, you get early access to all episodes, plus a few bonus episodes here and there, and you'll always have access to unfiltered and unedited videos from many of the guests that I have on the pod. It's easy to sign up. Just go to andychrisman.com and follow the link on my website. Also, consider signing up for my newsletter because I got a lot of stuff going on besides the podcast, and I want you to know what's going on with my ministry, AC Ministries, and all that God has going for me in worship and so many other things. Now, Get ready for a fun conversation with my friend, Shonda Pierce. I got to tour with you, Shonda. When was that? Probably 2000. And it was after 2000. Maybe uh, to after. Maybe it yeah. was 2000. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Was it for him? With what? Four eyes? Something and a fruitcake. Four, <laughs> yeah. guys, four and guys and a fruitcake. Fruit yep. That's, that's right. what it was. And, and you were the fruitcake. Oh. <laughs> no, it is. It was really good. We had the same manager. Uh-huh. That's right. Mike Atkins. So uh-huh. Everybody was trying to figure out new and innovative ways to keep working in the winter. You know, and let's face it, winter months are so hard for artists anyway to right. find venues and all of that because churches mm-hmm. are very, very busy in there as they should be in right. all their Christmas, Christmas stuff. So it's hard to so you have to come up with some unique thing. Um I don't know about you, but I don't know for him. Now you guys have been retired a while, right? Oh, retired. That makes us sound old. Thanks well, I mean, like, that, uh, but, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we took a hiatus. Let's put it that way. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We still do. We still do uh, this one. There's, we have one standing concert we do every year. Uh, we've been really? part of a, yeah, of a golf pro-am down in central Florida. Well, of course you would be. And we're back, we're going to back again this March and it'll be our 31st year. Wow. That. Yeah. So, that so if you want to come, if you want to see for him, then you got to buy into that's the tournament. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> see, I want to find gigs like that where if you want to see me, that's where you got to come because I'm yep. parking that bus. Yeah, yep. that's right. Well, exactly. I will say, I will say there's a little heat uh, on, on for him right now. We've, we've been getting some offers for uh, quite a few concerts you know you know you know where for him is really big right now is in the southern gospel world 
Well, yeah, because, you know, the genres of music always evolve. You know what I'm saying? And the, if you would listen to the old, old Southern gospel that I grew up on, it now you listen to it now, and it's nothing like that. It's the same thing, you know, what they say about the contemporary Christian music. Oh, my yeah. mother used to thought it was just almost of the devil. You know, <laughs> well, and there was some of them probably was. Yeah, and there, there was nothing but Southern gospel. Like, if you don't sing Southern gospel, you're going to hell. Well, then that's changed so much. If she could hear some of Southern gospel right now, she'd probably flip in her grave. So <laughs> I could see how For Him would become big, you know, surge. Because that music has evolved into new things. It has. Well. Yeah. It's interesting because I have some friends who are in the in the world of producing and writing for Southern gospel. And yeah. they say they'll be in the studio and they'll they'll be... They'll be in the studio with these Southern gospel artists and they're like, we, we, we can you write us something like what you wrote for, for him? Or can we, you know, yes. can you help us get that for him sound? So it's really interesting. I'm looking forward yeah. to some of these dates we're going to be doing with, you know, in these Southern gospel arenas where, I mean, that's really what we were kind of, that's what we were raised on. And that's where our sound, you know, kind hey, of evolved from. Started. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you had four guys. That's you had a quartet and I grew up on quartet music, but you guys didn't sound like a quartet. Now, I don't know how that was possible. Was it just because the rhythm of the music or the contemporary style? It of was the our song? influences. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, at our age, we all grew up on Southern Gospel and all that kind of stuff. But we also grew up on the Eagles and oh, the Beatles yeah. and Journey and all those big pop vocal groups, you know, of the, of the 70s and 80s. And so that, that was kind of where we you know, we pushed our sound, but everything has its root in the, in the country gospel, that kind of everything. stuff. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about for him. This is not a for him podcast. It's a, it's a Shonda Pierce podcast. So <laughs> I'm so grateful to reconnect with you after all these years. So welcome to the one degree of Andy podcast. Thank you, my thank friend, you. Shonda Pierce. Well, yeah. The thousands are clapping. Yes, they are. So I too have my influences uh -huh. as a comedian, you know, and I was, you know, it, it's funny that we talk about for him and the influences and, and what Southern gospel music, what's quartet, what's contemporary. I, as an artist in what I do, I've had a hard time uh, sticking to a, a niche. Nobody knew what to do with me for so long of my career. Yeah. They, I was always, because when I first started comedians, I, I was, my first kind of Christian gig was on a bus with J.D. Sumner's in the stamps. Oh, wow green totally green you know what i do now i'd worked in country comedy you know for a little bit but this it was my first time to kind of really go out and of course my mother thought that was wonderful i was with you know the stamps but um i was terrified you know what i mean because <laughs> i'd heard horrible things about buses you know from the country <laughs> music side i'm oh, like yeah probably going to smoke pot and try to, you know, grab me. And it was just, a, you know, and they all slept the whole way to Gatlinburg. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, it was so boring to drive. You know? It's true. Because <laughs> they were true. even that's old the, then. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's the lie. People think that, th you know, uh, look, you get into rock music and some of the other stuff, it, it can be pretty crazy. But for the most part, the bus life is, it's, boring. Just sur it's boring survival. Yes, it, it is. Like, I just want to get some sleep and wake up for the next show, if that's possible. <laughs> that's one of my most fond memories of being on the bus with you guys. And I've not been on the bus with you before, you know. And it was odd, you know, here I am, this girl, and and, and for him. And, of course, there was a tour manager and people uh -huh. like that. 
two things stick out about that tour. I don't know if you remember. One, and I teased him on stage. He didn't think I would say it, but I did. I woke up in the morning hearing cupboard doors just slam, aggravated, and Mark was so mad because he couldn't find any cereal. <laughs> and I don't know why it struck me so funny because he was like, all I asked for is some frosted flakes or whatever it was. He was just oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, uh, Reese's peanut butter crunch. Yes. Yes. And, he find it, and I couldn't wait to get on stage that night and go, let me tell you about these very spiritual men. You know, <laughs> Mr. Diva Mark could not find his cereal. This <laughs> It was so funny. Oh my God. That, and then I remember, um, we were loading in somewhere and a tour manager was counting the merchandise, you know, and I don't want this to sound all like we're all, you know, businessy, but it's what we do for a living. And mm -hmm. he was counting the money and getting it ready for a deposit. And so we could all, all get paid and all that stuff. And he stepped aside or something. And he didn't realize the people loading in was the local prison ministry and they helped unload the merchandise and the lights and the sound and all that stuff, which was really nice of them. But you also are sitting there with a wad of cash and he puts it in a briefcase and he sets the briefcase down where they've all been walking back before they watch it and it was gone. Yep. Oh, I remember ah. that like it was yesterday. Yeah. And then we were like, so we're not getting paid this week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Weaver was his name. Stephen, yeah. if you're listening. Yes. yes. And Stephen felt so bad and we were pretty angry with you, Stephen. Yes. Because that was, that's something you just don't do. And, and yeah, families, you know, that's what people don't realize. They want, there's a sector of the Christian market that wants to think we're all out here doing our devotions and bringing, you know, the word of God to you every night and all that. They they forget that there is a business side of it, that this is how we make a living. This right. is what keeps the lights on. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, and, and it happens to be in a business where we get to talk about Jesus and we get to right. hang out with these people, but it is the way we make a living. Yeah. And that was, that was frightening. It was, yeah. we and, like, and, and oh this boy. is, this is one of the reasons you hold a very special place in my heart, Shonda, all for, very seriously was because uh, we weren't, we didn't carry tour insurance. I didn't yeah. know there was such a thing, but you did. Yeah. And you came through and used your tour insurance to cover the losses right. from that merge because I mean, there weren't, they weren't, some of them were checks and some credit card statements right. but it was mostly cash thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars oh, in cash yeah. and that was to me i just remember thinking that that's a really that's a really beautiful thing to do because well, not only did you cover your losses you covered our losses and I, look i we've all been around the entertainment industry for a long time and you know there's a lot of what's mine is mine and yes uh, you Good know yeah, yeah, good luck to you. Yeah, I hope you make it. And yeah. you showed a different side to me there that I didn't see a ton in the in the business. Not to say not to say that you know terrible stuff went on, but right. that was just one of the kindest things that anyone ever did for well, us. Well, well I just want to say now that you remember that, um, and, and I'm on my way down. I need some money. Don't just... <laughs> let me see what I can do. <laughs> this is so funny. I used to. I used to get so frustrated. My friend Mark Lowry, you know, and I always I, I used to watch his life and go, how come I'm not doing so well as as well financially? And I'm mm -hmm. trying to be a good steward and I'm selling just as many tickets. And I don't understand. <laughs> Until one time, Mike Atkins explained to me, well, he wrote Mary, did you know? 
So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. I should work on writing like a really famous Christmas song. <laughs> yeah. Most people yeah. don't realize that that song was written by him and um, Buddy Green. Buddy Green, yes, Buddy Green, I and that song. Green. I'm telling you, you know, yeah. Mark Mark is step Mark Harris is stepping into it now because um, uh, Strange Way to Save the World is getting re-recorded. It's like it's been discovered after Again. all of these years. It was and re-recorded Rascal back in '93. Yeah. Yes, Rascal Flatts. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, Rascal Flatts picked it up, and uh, there have been several other country artists that have done it, and a bunch of yeah. Christian artists that have redone it. But yeah. yeah, the old saying in Nashville is, "If you can write a, if you can write a great Christmas song, you'll be okay." You'll, yeah, you'll yeah. feed your children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren, yeah. so they never go away. Although, well, you guys take a hit because I feel that way sometimes. Um, I. The, the, you know, I'm just noticing what's in my background. You get all the bling on the wall. And, uh -huh. you know, oh, I got it back here. Yeah, you see mine. I know. I've got accolades. But when when the internet really took off, it yeah. really began the, the, the royalty checks and all that began to get skinnier and skinnier mm -hmm. because people weren't, weren't, they were playing illegally, you know, doing right. the music illegally, playing stuff illegally. And it was so easy to download it and to steal it. And people never thought that that was stealing. I remember I came into my mother's house one time and she said, I'm just so tired. I spent all day recording the Gaither videos because they were doing a Gaither marathon on TBN and she was recording every show. <laughs> and I said, mom, you know, that's rather illegal. No, it's Jesus music. That's <laughs> illegal and Jesus music. So I had, I think it was Dennis Swamberg or somebody call her. Uh -huh. Doing J Billy Great uh, Billy Gaither's voice oh, and telling her to please do not record anymore. And would you send us a check for forty five dollars? Oh my gosh, she just for months she would go. That was just so self. I didn't know he was such a selfish man. Did you ever tell her? I finally did. Like months later, I we we used to pull stuff like that on my mother in law all the time. She oh, was bless her heart. She was so gullible, um, you know and. I would, I would call, I would like, I would call her every April fool's day with some different voice or say that yeah. I was, you know, somebody impersonate somebody and just have her, you know, <laughs> she, I did, I got her every time. Oh, do you uh, love it? Is she still living? No, she passed away in, uh, back in 2005. Yeah. My mother's passed too, but I, I will say one of the sweetest accolades you can have in your life is is someone that that is so important to you my which my, was my mother she was a lot of my material to tell you the truth that she absolutely was so proud of me and mm. loved what I do you know she was she was always a little more worried about me being successful than it than she was me failing interesting yeah and she was really you know when I started getting a few gold records here and there and platinum records and you start hanging them on the wall. She didn't like that. She just thought you're, you're just, you're going to think too more, you know, too much of yourself that you, and I used to have them in a closet for a long time. Yeah. And it, I get that. It was, yeah. It was a mm -hmm. pastor friend and a, and a wonderful therapist who said yeah. that stuff out and hanging it. Look what the Lord's blessed you with, you know? Yeah. I think there's two sides to that because I've done that as well. You know, when I, uh, when I got off the road and got into full-time worship ministry for a long yeah. time, I was like, you know, I don't want to hang my hat on what I did. I want to start a new chapter and I don't want to look like, I mean, because if, if, if I were to do a panorama of my office here, all the walls yeah. are filled with, you know, all the stuff over 40 years that we've, you know, yeah. that, that we've been able to accomplish. Um, and, but I, I did, I did the same thing. I put it in a closet, didn't yeah. take it out until one day 
Um, so I got to tell you a little funny story, and I've shared this on the podcast uh, maybe a couple of times, but I got to share this again with Michael Amardian, who story oh, comes from. Yeah. He, um, we were recording our hymns record back in the late 90s, and he and I were in the studio late one night by ourselves doing, uh, coming up with some background vocals, and I had this big idea for a background line. Well, he disagreed, and uh, I was like, I was just like, oh, but see, I really think I can hear it in my head. I think yeah. it should go like this. And he says, well, I hear it in my head too. And it should go like this. We went yeah. back and forth, maybe for five minutes. And finally he said, Hey, Christman, tell you what, you walk down that hallway, go get you a cup of coffee. And when you come back, tell me what you see and tell me who you think has a better idea. And I knew what he meant was because yeah. down that hallway was oh, about a hundred yeah. feet of platinum records floor yeah. to ceiling. And yes. what he was telling me was from giant names. Trust yeah. me, I know what I'm doing. And that <laughs> has stuck with me. And so I got to a certain part of my career where I went, you know, I have accomplished a lot. Yeah. I, I am good at this. And people yeah. need, not only do people need to know that about me, I need to remind myself. So these things are for me. Yes, They're true. not for anybody else. They're for me to look and anytime I get discouraged or just think, oh, am I really good at this? I go, wait a minute. Yes. Yeah. The things on my wall not remind work. me. Right. Yeah. It's well, legacy. It's legacy me stuff. Too, it is. As a, as a woman, it is. There was a lot. There was too many, too many days away from home. Mm -hmm. But um, but at least the reward of it was not the not the accolades, but the reward was that the that your hard work was noticed. And then it also gives your kids something to go. Well, way to go, mom. You know, you, you did really good. It wasn't just you weren't running from us. You yeah. just were really working hard, yeah. Although yeah. some days I probably was. They were teenagers <laughs> at one point. <laughs> there, was, there was a time, and you know, as a dad, you know, if things were, if the kids were being a little difficult at home, there was, there's part of that, you know, leaving the door to go up on a flight, like, see you in a couple days. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. So I want to go back to, I want to go back to just kind of the beginning of your career. You know, uh, we had the honor of touring with several uh, comedians uh, during our career on the road. And, you know, it really wasn't until we toured with you that we, uh -huh. that we were with someone that it was at a different level. Like you could tell there was some, there was a lot more happening in front of you than any of the other comedians. And, and again, I would call these guys and talk to them and they, they would agree. Uh, there was something special about where you were going. Do you, do you remember a time when you, when you felt like, yeah, I think I've got something here that that maybe I can take to another level. And uh, yeah, you know, do you remember? Do you remember when that was for you? I well, it's so funny. I get choked up when you talk about it because you know I am at that part of my career where you are evaluating how far you've come, uh -huh. and so it's always the, you know for me it's always so what's next, you know, so what's next in a comedian's world. Like I'm not a songwriter, so you know. Um, I, if I don't work, I don't get paid. And so you have to figure out, you know, how to save and how to put aside so you can find those twilight years and enjoy life, you know, in yeah. the nursing home. But because um, <laughs> that's what's next. <laughs> but for me, I try to evaluate what I did and, you know, and how I got here. And for me, down through the years, I'd had, I've had several, I've had probably five managers in my whole 35 year career maybe not even that many, but I believe when, uh, when Mike Atkins came along, it was a shot in the arm for me because 
what he managed people I admired. And, and he's a smart man. So he would not be interested in me if I had not, didn't have a future. And I knew that. Mm. And so that made me feel like, okay, yeah, I'm, uh, it's not that I felt like I arrived. I just felt like somebody believed in what it was that I was doing. and wasn't, and never, ever, ever tried to change what it is that I do. Now, down to the years, I've had people suggest this and that. Why do you always have to have the serious thing at the end? Or, you know, why don't you just, you know, why aren't you doing more comedy festivals and stuff, you know, that's about comedy? And I go, because I'm not just a comedian. I've never been. You know, I've always used comedy was always the opening act for something I wanted to leave the crowd. And nobody else did it that way. Not, not to the extent, probably, that I do. I have always... Every video I've ever recorded, every concert I've ever done, ever done, every tour theme that ever came along always started with the funny, you know, and then that thesis kind of worked its way through so that at the end I could leave this thing, this nugget that the Lord had taught me or gotten me through and I could leave it with my crowd. And that's always been my MO. And at the same time, here I am at the twilight of my career when you would think Someone who got awarded the most awarded female comic in history would have no problem with getting a Netflix special. <laughs> no way, you know, because all so much of my projects and everything that I do leans to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and and that is at a place where now, you know, especially in mainstream, because of my material. You know, it's not just a five minute song. I'll have stories and material and that evolves into what's current events and what's going on. And so if you side one way, if you live a conservative life, if you talk a whole lot about Jesus, that is penalized in, in most of mainstream. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of always been the, the rub for me and the aggravation for me. I am. You know, I go to the Dove Awards and I love it and I love watching, you know, I've hosted it before and I love people getting pats on the back. But for many, many years, they didn't even have any type of award for spoken word. No, they didn't. Now they've evolved. They've got Dove Awards for film and, you know, and everything like that. But so there was really not a category for what it is that I do. So there was no really, um, I'm, you know, getting left out feeling. I never had that. I was just so happy to meet. I got as many pictures and autographs as anybody else backstage you know because i'm just a big fan of christian music period yeah. I love it but for me on my side of what i do there's a vast world of comedy that i am completely left out of but what's so sweet it's like you were saying when somebody mentions your name or when you see that stuff on the wall maybe that's the reminder for me on the wall is to say you did it your way and you did it with jesus in mind and you still got blessed yeah and how many yeah. people have you been able to speak into their lives. I mean, you're you know, right. again, right. you're, you know, where you come from and, you know, I'd like to get into this part of your story here in just a minute, but you know, what you've been through your position, uh, you know, as a woman in comedy, which is, you right. know, in the minority, especially in, on the Christian side. And I yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. To, on all you, sides, really a female comic. And the sad thing in, in mainstream female comics are usually the most dirty. Yeah, they are. And, they're feeling like they're in comp competition, I think, with men, you know. Mm -hmm. I am, uh, this is not an endorsement, but <laughs> I am such a fan of comedy. I like to know, you know, who's doing what. And I think one of the greatest comics out there, if you have to edit out all of these words, is Dave Chappelle. 
Oh, yeah. Absolutely hilarious. They call him the GOAT, greatest of all time. But what's so interesting, his latest Netflix special is called Dreamer. And, you know, you got I zip through some of the dirty language here and there because he's not a believer. So don't right. expect him to talk about right. Jesus. Yeah. So anyway, I, he told a story at the end that would leave you crying. Hmm. It was so poignant and so precious, you know, about keeping your dream a lot. And I, I was like, what if he ever run across my videos? And they thought, <laughs> you know, we should start doing that. We should start leaving a message. <laughs> it feels so good. You know, that that's an interesting thing that, you know, that um, one of the theories that I have is that if you have a musical gift, that it's yeah. a gift from God, whether you use it for for him, for him or, or you know, right. or not. Yeah. So, you know, I hear a Elton John song and I go, guy's yes. anointed. That's an yes. anointed gift that he has. It gives me chills. It, it makes, you know, it, 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 it wakens something in me musically right. where I go, that is, that's beautiful art. That came from the creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. if you look through, um, you know, the the first person that I can find in the Old Testament where God gave his spirit to, uh, other than Moses or, you know, one of the other patriarchs was Bezalel, was Bezalel, who was an iron worker and, and made things for the temple. He was an artist. He gave his spirit wow, to an artist. Right. And, and, you know, I I have some. But he doesn't some, have a big name. His, no, you know, the big names like right. Abraham and Moses. You exactly. Have to yeah. Yeah, he's not mentioned again throughout the scriptures like like the other patriarchs are. But I have some friends here in Tulsa that I'm really close to that are comedians and and make their living as comedians. And I've come to understand that their gift is a spiritual gift, the yeah. gift of making people laugh, the making you know to to give people joy. And so mm-hmm. you know somebody like Dave Chappelle. I believe has a natural gift from God yes. to make people laugh, to tell yeah. a story, to, to, to make you, uh, to open your mind and make you wonder about things, you know, uh, I, and I see things that yeah. and don't take things so seriously. Yeah. I feel that way. I, when I run across, you know, somebody like that, or I meet someone, I begin to put them on my prayer list. Cause I think mm-hmm. this person who's been given this gift from the creator. Oh, how I wish he knew the creator. Yeah. You know, oh, wouldn't it be great if they knew each other? (laughs) God God obviously knows him and says, I'm going to put this in him. He's going to make my kids laugh, 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 laugh. And someday I hope he knows him. Now, he's Muslim, I believe. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, he he knows Muhammad better than I guess he knows Jesus. But that can always change. That's right. There's a great revival going on right now. Even among Hollywood, for Mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. I I have a Jewish manager now. He's been my manager for 15 years. And um. Great man, great man. And uh, we tease each other all the time. I'm always saying, you know, this verse came from my half of the Bible. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll share it to him. And, you know, I took him to Israel and for the, his first time. You know, oh, wow. he went, Yeah. And it was just really, you know, had meaningful things like that. But I, I would not be able to influence him had like the Mike Atkins that came along. I was with Mike for till he retired. Uh, the first time, you know, and so uh, it, that relationship built and he built my career in such a way that this Andrew Tenenbaum was interested mm-hmm. um, or he wouldn't have been if there was nothing for him to wait. He wouldn't waste his time, you know, um, and he managed Robin Williams and Billy Crystal and wow. you know, and still manages some some incredible people. Um, now takes care of Robin's estate, which is sad, but, but all that to say, if, had I not accomplished something, I would not have gotten his attention. 
and in the getting of his attention, it could be that he is not going to take me to some next level or whatever. And I think I've really done well. If I retire tomorrow, I feel fine about myself. It may not be that he's going to take me to the next level, but what you said, I and what I do and my market is beginning to have such an influence on him. Mm. When he comes to the shows and he sees the spiritual side of it and we're praising God and, you know, he, I, I heard him say out of his mouth the other day, something about uh, third day and then something about these are the names he wouldn't even know. No, if, if it wasn't for yeah. you. Yeah. No, and he wouldn't even know that the, this worship music exists. And, yeah. you know, talk about how they're so, you know, casting crowns. That group is really selling tickets and mercy me. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, and I love that. But because of that, he'll do his research and it could be he'll stumble on a song or there'll be a verse or there'll be a phrase that finally catches his eye and he begins to think more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it's, you know, that's what people don't realize. It's all connected. Anyways, I'm getting ready to leave for New York next week to do a Sherry Shepard's new show. Oh, nice. And she and I have remained friends for many, many years. And, of course, she, you know, hosted The View, and she's gone on to do movies. And she doesn't work as much. She doesn't work hardly at all in the Christian market. But she's a great comic. And when I go into a comedy club with her, it, I am always shocked at the people that will know who I am, the comics. Huh. Comics pay attention. You know, Interesting. The gatekeepers might not so much. I remember walking the first time I saw Sinbad and he threw his arms around me and said, girl, you are killing it. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, wow. You know, uh, I think that's, well, that's that, the same thing with like musicians. I mean, musicians yeah. know other musicians. Yes, and I run across, exactly. I run across musicians that are playing for some of the biggest names in country and pop music. And when they hear my name and who I'm associated with, they're like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Like, Totally know who yeah, you guys are. Totally grew up like Oh, yeah. I know. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, the whole art world is smaller than what you think. Yeah, you know, you're right. all of comedy, all of music. It's a smaller, unique uh, what you think. And my thing is, you know, every good and perfect thing comes from the Father. I, I believe that. And so if it's a song that, like you said, it could be Elton John's song, but it brightened your day. It made you think about something. It may have convicted you and it wasn't even a Christian artist. You know, it, God uses everything. And he says, and if they, if you don't use them, the rocks will cry out, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, the rocks will even care about me or be creative in how they tell others about me. And so finding that creative hook and that creative niche to lure people in is basically what we do. And you pray that the bait worked and that they bite it and, and then they fall in love with Jesus. That's all wow. we do. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Let Can we talk about David for a second? Uh, yeah. Because I think, you know, I, I remember touring with you back in the, in the early 2000s and David yeah. was around and just fell in love with him and just That's what a, a wonderful, man. wonderful man. And then it wasn't long after that. Yeah. Was it that, that, that you lost him? Yeah. At 2014, he passed. Yeah. We, um, we were going through probably one of the most difficult times of our life and of our marriage. And that's the saddest part of it. It is not losing him, of course, was horrible. But that his last few days, last few years on the earth, but maybe that was good. Maybe I saw he was so miserable that losing him to heaven was like, mm. 
made it. Okay, he made it. Now I just got to wow. work on me. I got to, you know, now let's see that Zach makes it. You know, it's yeah. that kind of a thing. But we, um, he was a great man, loved golfing. As you know, he was a mm-hmm. great, oh, yeah. a great golfer, uh, a good writer. He was a, a novelist. He wrote several books, you know, in his life. But, um, and he was great. We were married 31 years. Wow. And he what was my high school sweetheart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just absolutely wonderful. I, um, I don't date. Well, I, you know, I, I occasionally get asked for dinner, and that's really nice. I'm not. I'm really mad at the Golden Bachelor on television. You know, <laughs> I can't stand that stuff. Honestly, me neither. It's so weird. But I didn't watch any of it till the very last one because I figured you can watch it and catch up with all of yeah. the whole year. You know, <laughs> but I watched the very last. I mean, they even get he even when they give people a rose, it was a gold rose. I mean, it's like so emphasized your over the hill kind of a thing. Then. They wound up getting married on national television, this beautiful wedding, January the 4th. It was, I didn't even watch it. I was so bitter. <laughs> these, I run into these widows. I've been widowed since tw- 2014, Andy. I know people that were widowed and six months later, they got married. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You know, it's just so funny. I, I think part of it probably is my job. Mm. You know? <laughs> no man was hooked up with me because he's going to be material next They're week. terrified. <laughs> yes, exactly. That and there is this thing about successful women that, you know, I don't need a man. I would like to have one, but I don't need one. Yeah. And men at my age don't know how to not be needed. You know, and so yeah. it's, re- it's really funny, but... Somebody asked me the other day, oh, are you just still so in love with David? Is that why you don't date? And I go, no, I love him dearly, but my phone doesn't <laughs> ring. That's why I don't date. You're incredible. <laughs> so sad. Uh, you know, when you start looking at the, the security man holding the back of the door when you come in with the bus, and he's like, you know, he's not so bad looking. Maybe she's <laughs> I think one of the greatest gifts, I think what makes comedy work, if you, if you know, obviously you know how to make it work, is, is how you tell the truth. I mean, when you, when you expose yeah. the truth about what life is and, yes. and just how absurd so much yeah. of what life is, I think yeah. that's what, you know. It, you know, it's really interesting. And watching that in David, that's a really good point because when he began to lose his sense of humor, hmm. That's when the darkness really crept in. And wow. he was he was so much funnier than I am. He, he He's quick-witted and really dry sense of humor. And he would whisper things to me that were so funny. And I would get, I would use them because they were so funny. You know? <laughs> and he was a great writer for me, you know. And he yeah. used to say his job was to keep doing stupid stuff so I would have a career. And, and he was so good at it. But I, it's funny how when you... You know that your that darkness is seeping in too much when you've lost your total ability to laugh at a situation that should normally be funny. Mm. And and he we had a very kind of tragic thing happen in our home. One of our children is wayward. And I mean, like, I don't know. I don't even know if she's wayward spiritually. I don't think she is. I pray not. But she just left, our, you know, did not want anything to do with my side of the family or anybody in our family for that matter. And so. And it devastated him. And it's been 12 years and it's still that way. Mm, I'm so um, sorry. But yeah, it's very, very difficult. And, you know, and when she had children, 
and he still was not allowed to be a grandfather, it devastated him. And nothing was funny to him anymore. He couldn't find, and there's nothing funny about that, but I had to make a living still looking for funny and, yeah. and expressing it to others. And so I think that helped. Um, I tell people all the time, you rehearse in the dark what you learned in the light. Mm. And I, I was blessed to grow up where I learned a lot in the light. He did not grow up that way. And he grew up in a home of alcohol, alcoholism. And so that's what was deep down in, inside of him. So when it got dark on this earth, he, he didn't have a base like I had. It doesn't mean I was better than him. It's just that that's how important it is to raise your children in a correct manner because life will be hard. And so what will they have in their arsenal? What will be the foundation of who they are that they lean to? And he began to lean on alcohol and it mm -hmm. killed him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was that like after, after David passed and life as a comedian and still having yeah. to get out on the road and do, was you know, it funny? <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, that's, yeah, to me, that's, you know, I'm, I'm it interested was hard. in that. Yeah. It was very interesting. Now, I didn't go right back to work. You know, that would have, that, sure. then a therapist would have come along and said, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm no. right. yeah. I tell crowds this all the time, uh, uh, audiences, I say, your body will deal with your stuff, whether you cooperate or not. Mm. So if you're here tonight and you have laughed and you're just having the best time of your life and your husband died yesterday, we probably need to call the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're here and you have a hard time laughing and, and, you, and he died yesterday and you can't see that your body's doing exactly as it's supposed to do. You're grieving. You know? But if you're here having a wonderful time and he died an hour ago, <laughs> there's a problem. You know? So you have to give yourself time. And I had sure. to give myself time. Yeah. yeah, we were in the middle of it was interesting because Andrew Tenenbaum he was getting frustrated. We were new to each other's lives and he would get frustrated that I sold a lot of tickets and, and it was doing so well. And he could not get me arrested in Hollywood, all mm. of his connections. And, you know, he thought he should be able to call the tonight show and they would have, and Jimmy Kimmel would have me on tomorrow, you know? Um, and he, he couldn't get me arrested out there and it was so frustrating to him. So he said, I want to do a little documentary, just a camera, follow you around you know, how you got started and then the behind the scenes and then walking out into these massive crowds and, you know, let's just capture some of this. And we started that. And in that process, you know, we put the camera down and then wait for the next tour. And we just thought we'd take a couple of years of really putting a package together yeah. so people would know who I am. Well, in the middle of that, my personal life began to fall apart. And mm. And so we happened to have so much on tape behind the scenes that was tearful moments of talking about home and worrying about David and then and David talking about how we decided to just keep the let let's put this on film to see what we have but he was really honest talking about how he he drank too much and he got lost in the darkness and he you know and he, we were so codependent on each other and it was just really it became very powerful we called this documentary laughing in the dark and it finally made it to the movie theaters after he had died, of course. And because we ended it really great, he had gotten out of rehab and was moved back home. And we were having a great resurgence of love and sex. <laughs> everything, everything was good. Um, and he dropped, had a stroke, you know, and just dropped mm. dead. Well, <laughs> we, 
since we had it, we waited a while and then they released it. And I remember going to the movie theater with my son and sitting there watching it, you know, and eating our popcorn. And I leaned over to him and said, my life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, duh. <laughs> My life has been filled. Uh, I, you know, I finished writing a book. It's my last book I'll ever write because when it comes out, no one will ever buy a ticket. <laughs> I can't wait to life, read it. Yeah, life is funny until it isn't. And I just decided I've lived my life telling the ups and downs and giving God glory for, you know, getting me through this. But I never really discussed my problem. You know, my personal issues. And I thought, well, before I die, I'm going to be fair to David. I'm going to be fair to everybody and go, here's my stuff. You know, here it all is. <laughs> and so it's, it's in a book now. Um, wow. It's all that to say, I run into comedians all the time, and they all come from awful stuff. <laughs> you know, they're like, horrible life. Robin Williams had the saddest life. You yeah. never knew the love of a father. You know, you never knew... You know, you run into people that struggle. Sherry, my my friend Sherry Shepard, you know, she grew up where all, sudden, all of a sudden her family decided to be Jehovah's Witness. And it was just so horrible for her. You know, she talks about everybody's been through stuff. And yet some of the people that's gone through the worst become comedians. Yeah. You it, know? Is it a coping I, mechanism, do you think? Is it, you know. I I've, think it is. I do. I think yeah. it is. At first, I think it really was for me. I, think, mm -hmm. I know that. Um, Sometimes you see the style of certain comedians and it's angry and but they mm -hmm. but they're so funny and so sarcastic. But sometimes I want to throw my arms around them in, in the green room and go, okay, who hurt you? Yeah. You know, who what what are you so mad at that we could talk about to smooth those edges a little bit? I think um I think a lot of times I remember stories I used to tell early on, 30 years ago that I never tell because I remember where my heart was telling it. And it really wasn't to get the laugh. It was it was hoping that so and so so and so heard it. I used to tell this story about three little old ladies at church came up to behind me at the water fountain and said, "This here's one of our preacher's daughters. She's not very p r e t t y." <laughs> and I turned around and said, "No, but I'm real s m a r t." And the funny thing is, I used to tell that hoping that those women were still alive. Oh wow! That <laughs> <laughs> was just my my way of just getting back a little. And I didn't turn around and say I'm S-M-A-R-T. I wrote that. That was the punchline. Um, and I wrote that part because I tried to smooth it out for those little old ladies. So people wouldn't think church people are mean. You know what I mean? And so, but they and are. Part, yes, they are. <laughs> and so now I talk about them going, you know, sometimes yeah. church people are just, yeah. church, you know. <laughs> and I don't tell that anymore because my heart is healed from everyone them to hear it and they're dead and gone probably you know so it it's funny how yeah you can use comedy to um vent uh -huh. you know uh, you can use comedy to for a great release um and relief you uh -huh. know but um but finally when the table turned for me you know and it was probably 10 years into my career to where comedy really became um a so I almost talk about it as I said it outside myself when comedy really became a tool God was lending me. Mm. That's when I fell in love with comedy and mm. the art of it and, and the pride of working hard and putting words together correctly. It's like when you, you put, you've put songs yeah. together so beautifully and you toy with different words, you know, what rhymes, what doesn't rhyme, you know, you, you toy with different words, you put it together 
and then it comes out and then all of a sudden it hits the radio and it resonates with thousands and thousands of people. Exactly what it feels like to write a really great story or joke. That's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, with art, with music, and and I feel like it's the same with comedy is it, you can, it can even use your art as a weapon, which so yeah. much of comedy of is, is biting and satirical and it can yes. cut you and what the you devil not- has done with yeah. music. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, horrible. I mean, yeah. so the devil is in the job of taking anything and everything and perverting it. Yeah. Art on the wall. I mean, they yeah. had there's people peeing, you know, yeah. <laughs> <the> crucifixion <laughs> and that was hanging at the Met. Yeah. You know, it's, Really? I mean, it's, it's like anger. Yeah. So the devil is in the job and he wins every now and then. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won't win the final story, but he wins. Yeah. But but I love how you and uh, I can never say his last name right. Nate Bargate. Uh, Nate Bargatze. Bargatze. Okay. And yeah. Tim Hawkins. And, you know, yes. there there is a resurgence of, you know, the whole dry comedy bar thing. You know, I really think there is, yeah. I've never there, done one, but yeah. <laughs> well, there's a. You know, I feel like there is a kind of a redemption of that of comedy, absolutely. And so that it's it's more positive now. We could still make us. Michael Junior is one of those yes. as well. You know, that's you just know, like, look at there's they are the people that came and that do do clubs and uh-huh. and do Christian market and things like that. They're clean. They're just good, clean comics, and they're brilliant. Michael Junior was on the Tonight Show, like six seven times i think you know it's just really great um a lot of them don't never called themselves a christian comedian right you know some of them they just call themselves a a comedian and nate has asked me that before too why'd you do that (laughs) and i go (laughs) well i was just glad to not be going to hell so i I didn't know it was going to be a problem you know (laughs) down the road and he just laughed you know when he was younger and he would pop in and you know to see some of us and all of that and we're like when i see him now that he is selling out arenas Mm -hmm. and all I get so excited for him because he's one of the good guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, right. wow. I mean, he's selling more tickets than Dave Chappelle. That's incredible. I yeah, don't I mean, that too. And they're on, in, on Netflix. And so you can oh, yeah. actually have an option to go, yes. you know, as good as Dave Chappelle is, if I don't want to sit through right. all of the, just all of the, all the language oh, and yeah. I, the and I, stuff. Couldn't, I can't stomach yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I watch as much. As an artist, I listen and watch to what I can, what I can, and then at some point I have to go. Okay, that's yeah. that's yeah, hurt my heart. It's hurt my soul. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. We have three strikes and we flip yeah. it. You know, well, we want to learn from the best. We want to learn from people. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, uh, I think but, that's one of the reasons I love Christian music. Hmm. It always gave my kids an alternative. You know what I mean? Because there yeah. was stuff on the radio you didn't want them to hear, and they'd come home from school just singing along with. Eminem, and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, what can we find an alternative? And you begin to introduce that into their lives, and then they do great. They had every Carmen rap, you know, memorized. They had every, you know, a for him song. Sorry, you're that old. And, you know, they, you know, DC Talk, my son loved DC Talk, you know, and Skillet. They love Skillet. But um, those are the things you're so grateful as a parent that there are alternatives. The problem I feel is sad that parents aren't um aren't pursuing that enough Mm. they're not making sure their children are surrounded i think we have put so much power into the hands of satan that he really doesn't have yep but we've kind of just said oh you know and my husband was very passive guy he used to always i never wanted him to watch harry potter 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big, you know, and he's an English professor. So, uh, you know, and lit English lit. And he was like, that's ridiculous. Honey. I go, no, I just, I just feel in my spirit. We just shouldn't have it. We shouldn't do it. Yeah. And he said, I'll read the books, you know, and then uh, and we'll see if the kids can read. And so he mm-hmm. read some of them and about halfway through. He's like, really not that good. And so, <laughs> you know, that, it didn't matter to him about the spiritual side yeah. of it. It was like, yeah, just well, like my, my parents, but we introduced him to Lord of the Rings. And so, oh. Zachary is a Lord of the Rings buff. Mm-hmm. You know, he's three, four. He had he read all the books. He loves everything J.R. Tolkien that there is. You know, so in other words, find your children an alternative, yeah. and then be strong and go. Well, I I know you hear it at school, but we're not going to have that in our house. We're not going to play it. You know, oh, so. I remember my parents. I, I was 12, 13 years old. They wouldn't let me watch the Carol Burnett show. Yes, because, because of the language. I loved it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, a couple of times they would they would sit with me and then explain. Well, you right. don't use that word, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. mom and dad, I hear these words at school that all the time. Really bad but, word. <laughs> yeah, but I have to give them credit too. Is that you know when I was listening to Journey and Chicago and all the right. stuff on on local radio, they would take me to the Christian bookstore and yeah. bought me my first Imperials album and my first Agarmo yeah. and Key album. My first yeah. Amy Grant album, my first Michael W. Smith album back in the 80s, you know, and they were offering me alternatives. And I do feel like parents have gotten lazy as a grandparent. Now I have five grandkids, yes. you know, yeah. uh, we're, we're of course, we're we're appalled at what's out there, you know, so oh. to watch a Netflix and what's out and, there is even worse. Than yeah. And I and but so many parents and, you know, thankfully, uh, my kids are very diligent about what they let, let their kids see. Um, oh, you're but, a grandpa. Well, I have five. Five grandkids. Yeah. Uh, do you have grandchildren yet? I have two. I've never known them. And that's Aww. kind of sad. One's 12, I think, and one is nine. You know, uh-huh. now my son, he could still have me some grandkids, but he'd have to actually get out of his room. <laughs> yeah, let's pray he's, for that. <laughs> he's, a, he's a film. You know, this is what's terrible. He's a, he was always in his room gaming and all that stuff uh-huh. and growing. Now he's a film editor and he edits people's videos and stuff. So he just lives in the dark, you know, in front of film, you know, editing. So it's like everything I pray he'll get out. You know, when he goes to college, he's going to get out and meet people. No, he went to college for this stuff and they put him right in a dark studio. You know, (laughs) We'll have all of our listeners pray for your son. So yes. that you can get grandkids sometime here in the future. Yes, please you do. Can, you yeah. can bounce Take on your the best. He, he doesn't oh, yeah. know it. He doesn't do social media, so I do okay. it for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so tell me what's on the horizon for you. Tell me, I mean, you're still working. You're still out there I doing so much working. stuff. Tell me, tell me what's, tell me what big's on the horizon for you. I, I tell you what was really great is I just finished building a house. Um, hey, congrats. You know, when COVID hit, there are a lot of things financially. Everybody starts going, hmm, what if mm-hmm. I don't? to work you know what am i gonna do so i had to really pare things down and i couldn't have a condo i lived in a penthouse and i had a condo and had some other properties and i decided just to sell it all and move out to the farm that my husband and i always had the funny farm seeing the funny farm oh and so um, we have cabins out here and we host pastors and the families we've had a lot of songwriters come out and um write you know and so they have people that can't afford a vacation they come to the farm and That's awesome. loved doing that. But I finally built a house that David and I started uh, just before he died. And it just sat and didn't do it. And so 12, 13 years later, I finally finished it. And it, we love it. I love it. My son, during COVID, moved back home from L.A. 
and he has an apartment over the garage, so he's still editing. But it's kind of nice to have him yeah. close. He had gone out there and drank all that liberal Kool-Aid. So, you know, he's coming back a little bit to his conservative roots, you know, yeah. or be able to eat. <laughs> that makes for good conversation. That's for sure. Yeah. If you want to eat today, then you got to talk about, you know, something else. But um, it, it is just, a, it's, that's a wonderful thing. But I am, I'm still working. I keep thinking I'm going to retire. And then I always told the Lord, when I run out of something to say, I, I will never run out of something funny. You know what I mean? Because that's life. But when I run out of something to say, then graciously, I want to stay home. And doggone it, if the, just a nugget doesn't come along and you get excited about sharing it and what the Lord's doing through this teaching in your life. And mm. so um, I do that. I go on all the trips with uh, Governor Huckabee. So I go to oh, Israel. Nice. Um, and we just got back from uh, the Mediterranean. I went to Ephesus. Oh, me wow. and um, me and um, Jeff Allen. Uh -huh. um, oh, I love uh, Jeff. Yeah, he's, I love he's him. He's a funny dude. Yeah, and the yeah. tall, long-haired, I can't believe I can't think of his name, and his wife, and I love him very much. And she, he sang with the Gaither Vocal Band. Guy, Guy, Pen Guy Penrod. Guy Penrod. Uh -huh. We all were walking through Ephesus, and the Lord spoke to us in such a monumental way that it stuck with me so much that I think there's a truth in here that women I really feel strongly need to hear. And so I began to write and then work on the material and all that. And so that I leave for tour March 1st and it's a pretty hard and heavy tour. I have a book coming out in May. Um, I have the movie I did that uh, was filmed here in Tennessee called roll with it. And it was a, there's not a Christian movie and, but it doesn't have any dirty words. But um, it, yeah, but it, it was filmed here and it was the first time I, I've been in a lot of movies, but it's the first time I had the major role. I was in every scene. It was the hardest work I've ever done. But uh, it finally is going to be streaming. It was in the movie theaters for a while, but now it'll be streaming, I think, the end of January. Oh, on, great. On oh, Prime. can't wait to see it. Prime video, yeah. yeah. But it, just the same old, same old. I love it. COVID was interesting. I think for a lot of comics, I had a lot of them out to my farm. And in the barn, we have like a little stage and everything. And uh -huh. we decided we would all just tell each other jokes, you know, because nobody was working and, you know, uh, what you're working on. And it wound up being just a great therapy session for a lot of comics. But what we discovered is if what you do is what defines you, you're going to be in trouble. Mm. You're going to be in big, big trouble. Yeah. You, you, what goes on within you is what needs to define yeah. you. I think COVID taught all of us that. Yeah. yeah, and that was a good and that was a good life lesson for me. So when you when you talk about you know what's next for you, I always there's the business side of it. Yes, I have a book. Please buy it. You know all that. Please come buy a ticket. You know because I need someone to talk to. Um, those all those wonderful things. But when you talk about what's next on for me is I I want to get better healthy wise. I want to drink less wine. You know I want to study more of Paul's journey. You know there's all those personal things that uh, I never do resolutions because I think it's just set you up to fail, <laughs> you know, and I don't need that in my life. But I do think about, you know, it's the new year. There's a lot mm -hmm. of things we can all work on to be better at who we are, yeah. not at what we do. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend of mine uh, that I is very close to, and he says uh, he calculates how many, how many summers he has left. Wow. And, you know, and not maybe that he's going to be alive, but that he has the energy to yes. really enjoy 
And so we talk about it all the time. Hey, we have 22 summers left. We have 15 yeah. summers left. What are we going to do? Right. Like what, what, what should we do next summer? Let's go ahead and start dreaming and plant. And I, and I do that. I do that too. Farmers have to do it for what yeah. are they going to plant and when they're going to plant. We should all right. go, okay, next mm-hmm. summer we're going to do this. And it. yeah, that's yeah. a great way of looking at yeah. it. Yeah. And so I think, you know, if, if, if God's got breath in your lungs and light for your eyes, then he's got something for you to say and somewhere for you to go. And yeah, man, I just, I'm excited for you. And I, I can't wait to see, you know, what's ahead for you in the future. And you've been a blessing in my life since, since I first met you. And then Aww. just being able to see, you know, on, on television and, and just in concerts around the country. And I hope that, I hope that we stay in contact and I would love to just catch up with you again sometime. I would love that too, Andy. You're always a great, integral young man on the road. And it's just a pleasure to spend the day and talk to you. Hey, thanks for listening. Join me every Monday for new stories from the Christian music industry and beyond. If you want more content like this, along with a lot of great music, join me for Worship with Andy Christman, airing on 500 stations around the world every weekend. And when you get a sec, run over to my website, andychristman.net, for information about my professional vocal coaching and an incredible new resource for worship pastors called The Worship Table. See you next time on the One Degree of Andy podcast.